back in your ear to make it clear. It's your host Rob Lowe bringing y'all season three, episode twenty. Welcome back to FNS. Welcome back to Mondays. Welcome back, V. What it do? What it do, y'all? Y'all know what it is, V man. The building. We got that Monday episode for y'all. Start y'all off with a fresh Monday coffee with FNS, man. Let's get to it. Man, you for the day, we're breaking down the big-time NFL trade, the newest Denzel Washington movie, plus we recapping some NBA games from the 80s and some NBA games from this weekend, and that's where we're going to start at. Because we always warm up the basketball combo with the layup lines, so we starting off with the Pelicans beating the Bucks 131-126. What you see, man? Man, this game, for me... Was all about the Bucks' comeback, man. The Milwaukee Bucks, they were down 29 points in the first half. The score was well, like 29 58, something like that. It was the Bucks' largest first half uh, deficit in three years. So they ain't, they ain't been down by this much in almost, you know, three, three or four years. So this was huge for them. I thought the yeah. game was over like man, three times. Shoot, I, I did, especially late in that third. I thought the game been over, but hey. You know, the Bucks did what they did with, you know, reigning two-time MVP Giannis. They fought back and ended up losing the game by five. When they started going on their little run, a little comeback, it kind of reminded me a little bit of the Warriors-Clippers playoff game a few years ago, back when uh, Warriors had them Clippers up, down, uh, up 31, and then the oh, Clippers yeah, came yeah, back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Bucks were down 29, so it was about two points away. It was just close. But when they won that run, man, I thought I thought it was gonna come back and get the W. But you know, Pelicans held out. But uh, shout out to Giannis, man. Uh, he played a bad first half. Mm-hmm. You know, shot three for ten from the field, thirty percent, only nine points. But he turned it around second half, man. He started shooting seventy percent. He put up twenty nine points the whole third or fourth quarter, and you know, led the team and put them back in position to try to win the game. But the whole team, you know, they played poorly the whole first half. So when you go when you go down by a lot, it's kind of hard to bring it back. But they turned it around. The big thing for me was um, seeing how they only scored 45 points the whole first half. But come third quarter, they put up 44. You know what I'm saying? So they almost put up the whole first half points in one quarter. So they were just out here, you know what I'm saying, just... It was feeling a little rusty. Yeah, yeah. Or they feel like they're going to smoke the Pelicans and Pelicans, you know, showed up to them. But... Hey, man, uh, shout out to them. They got the W. Steven Adams, man, he only had four points, but he had 20 rebounds, you know, mm-hmm. and then 10 of them was offensive rebounds, which is good because you're creating second chances for your team, you know. But the Pelicans, man, don't sleep on them. They got some hoopers, man. Brandon Ingram, uh, Zion, Eric I mean, Bledsoe. You know I'm about to tackle all that. Yeah, I mean, even. You say it's all about the Bucks, so you may as well let me tell you what this game go is ahead, really about. about the Pelicans, it's about man. the Pelicans, bruh. Zion, if he don't make it to the All Star game this year, it's because they cheating. The voting is rigged, bruh. 21 9 and 7. He dominated the game and didn't even have to dominate the scoring. Seven assists on top of that. My boy Lonzo, 27 and 8. Seven threes, bruh, from the nigga that used to shoot from the side of his face in L.A.? Him? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. If you get seven threes with him, you really feeling it. And then you sprinkle in Bledsoe, the former right. buck, 25-plus with B.I. They was going crazy. I'm going to shout out to Giannis, too. Different type of fire in the second half. But this is my thing. Big picture on New Orleans. 
They got two teams, a good team and a terrible goddamn team. Sometimes they play back-to-back games like that, and sometimes they play back-to-back halves like that. <laughs> so it's like, I don't really know what they expect from them in the big picture, but maybe like a 500 record at the end of the season. Milwaukee, Drew Holiday, an upgrade, but it's not looking like the same team from the last two years. Nope. It's not as dominant. I don't know if it's going to be a first seed in the East this year. Nah, it ain't looking like it. Yeah, nah. We're going to see, though. We're going to see. Basketball convo warmed up, so we're going to get to the NBA legend. Bernard King, born December 4th, 1956 in Brooklyn. Played his college ball at Tennessee. Ended up with 15 years in the NBA. Parlayed that to the Hall of Fame. But on this day, February 1st, 1984, he dropped 50 points on the Mavs. 50. 50 piece, no sauce, all sauce, my fault. He had a lot more points in his career, though. So, we're gonna get to that in Black History Convo today. Hey, so before you even brought this up, I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't know who the hell Bernard King was. You know, even though I'm a, I consider myself an avid NBA fan, I know most of the legends, I ain't, I ain't never heard Bernard King. So, this was interesting for me, you know. Okay. I looked up an interview for some of y'all also like me who don't know who Bernard King really is or how he plays. I looked up, I saw an interview that he did back in 2013, right? This is back when he when he got inducted to the College Hall of Fame, uh, the college that he went to. Um, somebody asked him if you was to compare yourself to any NBA player in the league right now, who would it be? He he named one player, and it was he didn't take that long to answer that question too. He was like off the bat, Carmelo Anthony. Mm. He's like Carmelo Anthony. He was like, he said, "quote When I see him play every night, he reminds me of myself, especially when he raises the ball over his head. That's something that I did every single night." So yeah, so when he said that, I was just like, "That's fine." I I, I can see that because yeah. Bernard King was a scorer. Don't get me wrong. He said he plays like Melo, but Melo ain't in Bernard King's league from what I see. Bernard whoa, King was... Oh, oh, oh. We talking about the best Knicks scorer of all time right now? Oh. Bernard King over Melo? Yeah, because that's, that's, that's what I was going to say too because okay. they can relate even more because they both play for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Melo's up there, but Bernard King was an animal. You know? Um, I might even go even further to say that if it wasn't for his ACL injury that he had... You know, it might not have impacted his game that much because the year before he got an ACL injury, if I remember, he averaged 32 points per game, you know, in the season. Mm-hmm. So he was he was putting up numbers, man. They believe he can score in that year. Crazy, crazy. So, yeah, man, Bernard King, man, he's 6'7", 205 pounds. You know, he can dribble, he can rebound, he can pass. He was really efficient with the scoring, mm-hmm. shooting 50% for the career, which is huge, you know. So um, I have watched a documentary uh, um, that NBA TV had put out on Bernard King is called Unstoppable. You know, if you ain't even seen it yet, go check it out. You know, um, an analyst was saying that his ACL injury that he came back from was so big because it was the first time, right, mm-hmm. in NBA history that a player had came back from an ACL injury to play in the game. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind the NBA had started in around 1970, mm-hmm. right? And then when he got down, when he fell for that injury, it was about like around 1982, 1984. 
You know, there was like a list. There was like real like this. You look this up on Google. I ain't like go. I ain't go lie. They had ACL injuries. I believe it because the, the, the medicine and surgery is, is like light years ahead now. Exactly compared to what was back in the day. Hell yeah. Yeah, and so. And so there was a list of players who had ACL injuries prior to him, and he was like the 10th player in the whole NBA history, but he was the first one to come back for him. And I felt like that was huge because he paved the way for a lot of players today. You know what I'm saying? Because that, that goes to show you that, you know, no matter what the injury is, it ain't really over until you say it's over, you know. And on that, on that documentary, they were saying how he had this one rehab system that he was doing to get himself back into shape that nobody knew. The NBA execs didn't know, his trainer didn't know, nobody knew what, what kind of what kind of rehab resume he was doing to get back into shape. You know, I think one of his brothers, he has a brother in the NBA too, called Albert King, you know, who also played in the NBA as well. He said there was this machine that he was using with his knee, he was just lifting up and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They had the clip on the documentary. When I was seeing that shit, man, I was jog cringing. Cause you could see the scar on his knees, everything. He was just pushing it, working hard for that joint, man. Yeah, man, so that was, that was just crazy yeah. to see. That just goes to tell me how big and influential Bernard King was, man, back in the league. Hell yeah. I fuck with how you, where you went with that, bruh. Because when you was explaining that, I got to thinking about Dominique Wilkins. Um, I want to say he tore his Achilles like early in the 90s, like late in his career. And he was one of the only people to come back and bounce back from an Achilles injury and up his scoring average. He averaged like 30 after that. And that's all I heard when KD came back. Oh, Dominique Wilkins did it. Dominique Wilkins Mm -hmm. did it. So if somebody's seven feet with a jump shot, 30 years later, it's going to be okay. You know what I'm saying? So all that shit just feeds into how how the game evolves and everything. But on that 50-point game versus the Mavs, bro, I watched highlights of that jump. Off the first play, they tipped the Joe off the tip ball. He fast-breaking already down the lane, bro. Pull up. Nope. Scoop, got it back, oh, put it back. I'm like, bruh. Announcer, like, oh, yeah, he's a fast starter. I'm like, goddamn right, he's a fast starter, bruh. This nigga <laughs> jagged off the first play. And then there was one play where he was posted up. They threw the ball into him in the post. He caught the jump facing the sideline. He got a triple team coming. He don't even pivot. He don't even move his feet. He just jumped in the air off the fadeaway and just hit the jump over the triple team, bruh. Yes. He, that's the type of score he was, man. His post game was A1. His footwork was A1. His body control was A1. The bump and raise up off the floor, off the mid-range. So when you say mellow, I'm like, hell yeah. Bro, all <laughs> you can that. see it. You can all, see but it. But like in a 20-year later version, it's going to shoot the three, too. Right, right, and right. That was one thing about him. He ain't shoot no threes. Nah. He ain't need to. All mid-range, all to the rim. You know what I'm saying? He had four All-Star game shit. He played four years with the Bullets. Mm-hmm. From, uh, what is this, 86 to uh, yeah, 90. This is probably the bottom of Bullets, too, back yo, in the day. Yo, yeah, yeah. Average 22 points, whatever, you know. So, you come to D.C., you do work. You always get some extra, um, you know, some extra points on the show. I want to say one more thing, too. I was going to compare him to Harden with the scoring. You know what I'm saying? Not really the game, but overall. But Melo's a good comparison, too, where it's like, Scores that might not win a championship, Facts. but we got to respect their games for what it is, whether it's somebody who refused to shoot a three or somebody who shoot 10 step back threes a game. If you believe the league is scoring, you can average 22 for a career, bro. Come on, man, man. Yeah. Respect that. 
I gotta show love to the underrated legends. Appreciate the little things. I ain't making no point. It's just a segue. Cause I'm setting up the new Denzel Washington movie that came out this weekend. What you think about it, man? It was good. You know, we talked about Denzel Washington a while ago on one of our shows, and uh, and I was saying how you know Denzel Washington, he one of those actors where he picks his movies carefully. You know, he looks at the role, what he's gonna do, what was it about, you know, and he just doesn't go with whatever the money is. He he he, he takes his craft seriously, mm-hmm. you know. And so this was a good movie for Denzel Washington because he's he's playing a police officer. I swear, he looked like a, a regular ass cop you see every single day, man. He plays he plays his part well, but um, it's a good suspenseful a suspenseful suspenseful movie, but it's it's one of those movies where I gotta go back and rewatch, mm-hmm. you know, because. I I understand too much what was going on. There, there was there was a lot of clues. There was there was, there was a lot of clues, a lot of hints, a lot of scenes in the movie made me think. Okay, it's him. Something. He's the killer. Right. He's yeah, the serial killer. I thought yeah. Slim that was working with Denzel was the killer from facts, that show. Facts, bro. At one point, I thought Denzel was the killer, bro. I ain't gonna hold you. That's how that's how that's suspenseful that's that shit was. Movie. I get some yeah. points for that. Yeah, so it had me thinking. You know, what I'm saying like, you know, who the killer really was. But the reason why. You know, I didn't fuck with it all together because of the ending. They never really confirmed who the serial killer was. That's a fact. You know, so this whole time, time I was trying to figure out who it was, they never really confirmed it. And I was confused because the guy who they thought was the killer, he had admitted that... You Slim, know, they got smacked with the sugar? Yeah, sugar yeah, uh-huh. He had, the dad said that he had admitted to a murder eight years ago that he didn't commit. He knew the facts and everything, but he was never doing the scene. But he admitted to it. You know what I'm saying? And they were saying that he has a history of, like, bluffing murders. You know what I'm saying? So, it, it was cool shit. So, I think you might be saying it's a little things too coming soon. Ugh, you might be saying bro, it's a little it's, things too coming soon. It's, it's going to have to be the way that joint ended because, you know, I, I, I didn't... They, they, didn't answer, they didn't answer the question, bro. That, that was, I mean, <laughs> the movie was good. If you ain't seen it yet, go out and see it. But if you want to know who the serial killer was, they ain't... I, it ain't no clues. It ain't yeah, enough they, clues in them. They ain't tell me, man. Hell yeah. Man, it was a... It was a slow start, man. It was a drama movie. It was a WB movie, too. I had to throw that in there. Because it was like... It was like a little... It was like a cartoonish version of like a drama type shit, if I could say that. With Denzel. Because it was like... It, it wasn't, you know, the language. I don't know what it was rated, but it, it felt like it was like a PG-13 type of movie. It was like the the violence. It ain't nobody like... I, I, if it's going to be a drama movie for me, I need somebody here getting cut off in the first scene. Uh, I'm sorry. Facts. I, I, hey, I got to say it like that. Hey, I hope it's not the black man getting killed, <laughs> but I got to say it. I don't mean to cut you off, but, but it's funny you said that because in the beginning of the movie, right... It started off with the girl in the scene being right. chased by that car. Right. So I thought off the back, somebody was going to get their head chopped off and killed. And come to find out, they ain't never nope. showed it. So nope. Everything is unknown, bro. <laughs> they leaving shit to the imagination. I want to know when they recorded this joint, too. Because it looked like it was trying to space, you know, like kind of distance a little bit. Oh, true. Not too much, uh, like, you know what I'm saying, fighting or partying you know what i'm saying a lot of open spaces and all that so they might be trying to work on no kissing scenes yeah, no exactly, none of that shit exactly. yeah no romance, no nice. so it's like we're working with that here people that's what we're working with here but also denzel wasn't the main character for real for real he was 
he was like co co lead, I guess mm-hmm. you could say, with with the other with Slim. Forgot his name, but overall, I probably say like a seven. I'm with it's, you on that it's, one. It's something to watch, but um, it's like it's like a like a super watered down version of Training Day. <laughs> it's like he tried to teach Slim the ropes the wrong way. Yeah. Like, but. He ain't putting a case on all the right, motherfuckers, you right. know. What I'm like it ain't, it ain't rocking like that. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah, movie. he ended up looking the, looking out for Cuz too at the end. Yeah, you know he what did. Yeah, with yeah, the murder, yeah. Because they out. was telling his story. That was what I was interested in Denzel's story because they were telling it slow. It was like, oh yeah, well, um, something went wrong, and then he had to kill somebody, and then they showed yeah, the, little the flashback yeah. of him shooting in the woods. I'm like, so I was like, this nigga's the murderer. Then it's like, <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, I mean, you ain't got nothing to do, you know. Download HBO Max, go get on that, man. It's a lot of movies getting made in LA. Detroit is gonna be a couple movies with the NFL teams this season. Trading quarterbacks, so the the Rams trade Jared Goff. Plus two first round picks to the Detroit Lions for Matthew Stafford. What you think about this, man? Man, this reminds me. I kind of get the feel of the the Westbrook Raw uh, John Wall trade. Hmm. You know where I feel as though both players are similar. You know Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff. I give Matthew Stafford the edge. He a better quarterback than Jared Goff. He been in the league longer. Are you sure about that? Is that all the only reason you give us? I don't mean that's sure. No, I I answer that right mm-hmm. now. I give Stafford the edge. I'm 100 percent sure that Matthew. I'm 100 sure. I know Matthew Stafford is the better quarterback okay. between them two. Um, but I feel like they're trading for the same player. You know, as, as far as like how how this past season went out. Um, uh, Jared Goff threw for about 4,000 passing yards. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Same thing, same thing with Matthew Stafford. So it's like it's a it, it comes out to who outperforms who next season, whoever wins the trade. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at the the Rams side, right? Mm-hmm. I don't like the trade f- for the for the Rams, mainly because yeah, you get a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford. You mean, that lets me know you're trying to win right now. Right, you got to. Right. That's the only way. But he's he's a little bit older. You know, he's six years older. He's thirty two years old. About to turn turn thirty three this year. You know, so if you're trying to win right now, you know, it's kind of like you're going back and forth with it a little bit. Because you gave up Derek Goff for another quarterback. But the thing about that is, is the picks that came with it, bro. Yes, the Rams have not had a first round pick in the drive since 2016. Who was that? Jared Goff. <laughs> and they just signed, I mean, and they just traded Goff away for the first round pick yeah, for yeah. this year, yeah. 2021 and 2022. They so had to, They had to give up two first to Two get first Goff. round picks. So then you don't get another first round pick until 2023 if they don't make another trade. You know, if you're talking about seven years of not having like a quality first round pick, so... That lets me know you're trying to win right now, and you didn't really think too much about the future. I mean, when you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, two all pros in your team, I can kind of, I can kind of see why you feel that way. You feel like they're gonna be here to stay, but you know, if looking forward in time, you know, what I'm saying All right, that might come back to bite you. But 
I was kind of messed up at that. Yeah, they they traded that man after he had a messed up thumb, and he went into Seattle and won, and then did I in Green Bay. But hey, you know that's the NFL. And the craziest thing about it was everybody saying Jared Goff had an off year. I don't see it. I mean, I mean, not looking at the numbers. Yeah, I mean, like looking off the numbers, it's not as good as the first two years, but it's not trade worthy, especially not for one season. No, they overachieved this year. Yeah. Making it to the playoffs. Facts. And then you're going to give away two first-rounders? So, it's like, instead of building around golf, man, I feel like the Rams lost that side of the trade. But the Lions won the side of the trade because, you know, you get Jared Goff. Like I said, you know, they're not too, they're not too far off between him and Stafford. You get two first-round picks to build around golf. You know what I'm saying? And so... I feel as though, like, the future's looking bright from the Lions. You know, we didn't make it to the playoffs last year, so coming next year, we're not going to have ex- the same expectations as the Rams going to have with Stafford. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to be seeing, okay, golf with the Lions. Let's see what they do. They Stafford they, with the they Rams. Might be, they might both be in the mix with the same pot next year. Uh, you think like, the, we can still got to see how the roster shake out and all yeah. that. But... I'm just trying to start shit. <laughs> Put them on a schedule, NFL. Put them on a schedule, man. Yeah. I need to see Rams, that. Lions, that's going to be a good one. Hell yeah. Um, oof, with this one. Both of them number one picks, seven years apart. You got Stafford, a nine-year full-time starter, averaging 4,029 touchdowns, 13 interceptions a season. He 0-3 in the playoffs in his career. Jared Goff is a four-year four full-time starter, averaging 200 more yards per season. Four less touchdowns, though, and one less interception. I, I thought it was interesting that those numbers was even close, given the offense that they play in with Sean McVay run heavy and um, Matt Stafford always having Calvin Johnson and Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay yeah. and all these, you know what I'm saying, tight ends and everything spreading the ball around. Um, but... I feel like Stafford got a stronger arm, golf more accurate, and he also younger at the same time. So I'm with you. Like, you get a younger quarterback and you get two first-round picks. You, They was 5-11 and 11 last year. The Rams was 10-6. and six. I'm thinking they, they might steal their spot, depending on how these roster moves shake out, how everything going down, because I definitely feel like the Lions want God the, the rank because this is my thing, bro. Okay, you're not trading for Aaron Rodgers. You nah. give this, you give this for Aaron Rodgers, we good. I got, I got, I got. But you're not even trading for somebody that's won a playoff game. So, so. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Like I, I said, prove it. that's why I I, call, I feel like this is like a similar trade to the Wall and Westbrook because it's like you can look at it from so different angles, pros and cons for both teams. You know, it's but just, at least the age was similar, right there. Yeah, exactly. This is a huge. It's about six years. You know what I'm saying? I mean, when we we seen Brady and Breeze and, and you know Philip Rivers playing in like the late 30s, so. If I'm the if I'm the Rams, I'm thinking okay, Matthew Stafford could probably do the same, but you don't know. That's a that, that's a that's a flip of coin. It's taking a chance, man. Well, he's been looking lately. I don't know if you want him to play for yeah. five more years. Nah. Like this 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 thing might be a one one two. 
you need to do something. But I will say though, is the Rams do got better receivers. They got a good wide receiver duo. You have Robert Woods over there on one side, the Cooper Cup. So that's some weapons, you know, that Stafford can can throw to. You know, so you know, he, he might, well, he might he, have that go for But between Kenny Galladay, because I fuck with Kenny Galladay, Facts. and Marvin Jones. Oh, yeah, so is that? I mean, that's. Are you really? Uh, that's two that, different that's, that's, type that's of debatable, receivers. Bro. That's heavy. That's, that's yeah, that's a good debate. You got those two is more route runners versus you got the bigger, strong up top receivers. You know, facts. So I don't think they're missing that much between the wide receiver duos. Oh, it's, that's it's a good gonna point. It's going to be interesting, man. I feel like they just felt stuck, and they was like, "We got to." But I don't understand why the Rams would feel that way. I mean, you, you gave them the money. Maybe they feeling like. Just like maybe Wentz might be on the way out too, you feel me? Probably from wrong, but golf took him to the Super Bowl about two years ago, right? Two or three years ago, so that's how it. quick shit changed. <laughs> that felt, man. He's like, a businessman. Right. Doug Peterson out after writing that motherfucking book too, man. Shit changed quick. Ha um, I'm for that one. <laughs> yeah, we good on that. Oh man, I wanna see what we're gonna do with this quarterback today. I ain't got I ain't got the energy. You brought up the head coach to me a minute ago. I ain't got the energy to deal with the head hey, coach. Hey, don't yet, don't bro. you don't even want to, bro. Uh, I saw this man first post game conference. Uh, Son, don't watch don't watch that shit. I swear to God, it was like a college coach out there talking. Not even a college, a high coach out there talking, like you bro. You wouldn't even respect it. Like nah, the way about. he was breaking down the game, bro. Yeah, I hope it's not as bad as it look. Yeah, man, we're going to have to do an off-season flying and dying, you know what I'm saying? But, hey, uh, it's a lot of new players. Because <laughs> we dying still, y'all. All right. But we going to keep it real, though. We got to, we got to update y'all stuff. Uh, it's a lot of new players on the Nets and the Wizards, too. A lot of switching in the NBA all the time. Uh, the Wizards beat the Nets last night, 149-146. You feel Val? Man, I've been preaching this since day one. The Wizards can score with anybody in this league, but we can't stop anybody from scoring. Bruh, if it wasn't for that miracle, I mean, you're talking about 141 points in the fourth quarter, not enough to win the game. You know what I'm saying? That's that's terrible defense. And they say the first time I seen this last year, we played the Rockets, put up 159 points in fourth quarter, and still lost. He was in the building. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that day. Damn, fast. Hard put up 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a game for that was a game for. That life. was a bullshit foul call. See, man, there's too many conversations. That's the top. Man, right? <laughs> but um. Yeah, man, 141 points in full quarter would not been able to cut it for once for that miracle. That's what I'm gonna call it a miracle. You know what I'm saying? Cause don't get me wrong, we know who Bill is. He can splash from that distance any given night. You know, so him coming off the court. So hold on, let me tell y'all real quick what happened, man. All right. We was down 146, 141 with like 10 seconds left on the clock. You know, they just got done. The Nets just got done shooting their two free throws. It was Kyrie on the line. So then we get the ball back with 10 seconds left. Well, five-point deficit, you know, with 10 seconds left, you ain't going to do much with it. But score, get the ball back, foul, and then, you know, you know how the, you know how the game goes. Right, right. This man, Bill, pulled up, not even two steps from the logo, trying to, trying to take some time. I respect that. Cashed it from deep, deep. It was all net. I'm like, okay, boom, down two. At this point, I'm like, 
the game's still over unless somebody misses two free throws and we follow them. So I'm like, okay, this, we got hope. It's a slight chance, but we got hope. And then this Before man, Joe, even blink. This man, <laughs> Joe Harris, inbounds the ball, gets stolen by Gary Harrison. I forgot what, because, you know, Garrison, Garrison Matthews on the Wizards. He yeah, steals yeah, the ball. Slim was out there. Yeah. He was on the Yeah. <laughs> But what happened was, let me break y'all down what happened with the steal. He thought KD was going to be someplace. He moved up with the KD was gone, so that's how he stole the ball over. Garrison Matthews stole the ball, passed it over to Westbrook, who's standing behind the three-point line perfectly, waste no time, cash that joint, splash, back-to-back threes, and we up seven. Bro, I'm not going to lie. I am screaming in this motherfucking <laughs> house at this point, I bro. Fell, I fell off the couch. I'm here like, bro. Hey, for those of y'all who don't watch basketball as much, this is some shit that don't happen on a regular basis. Like, maybe like once in a million years or some shit like that. That kind of comeback with 10 seconds left to score six points in seven seconds, you know. But usually that should just take thirty minutes and it'd be the it regular do. It'll be like the long ass fifteen minutes for us to still lose. But yeah, man. But we got the W from that shit. Russell Westbrook played, played a great game, forty-one points, his season high. About goddamn time! <laughs> Finally, man, goddamn! I don't I'll, know, bro. I'll, 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 did you did you see the the, post, the interview post game? Nah, I used to the interview post game. The first question they asked him, they was like, "Why'd you play like that?" He said, "I'm healthy," and that's what we talked about last Thursday. He he wasn't healthy. Do you know why he played like that? Why? Because of KD. Of I ain't gonna bro. Bro, I'm I'm gonna say it right now. Russell Westbrook always plays his best game against KD, and I say that because he beat the Nets twice this season. This is the second time we beat the Nets. You seen that block? Yeah. Nobody blocked KD. Nobody except Russ. Yup. <laughs> and then from, uh, give me that. And then before we shot that three, <laughs> Russ took KD to the paint for that layup. And that was a foul too. Yup. On that clutch minute. Could I, I get that foul? Yup. Yup. You oh. can get that foul. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Westbrook, man. Um, shift on. The Wizards need to play the Nets once a week. They're not gonna go undefeated, but it's just gonna get the you know they just gonna play hard and it's gonna it's gonna result in good things. Um, it's one of the games where the stars they came to play. KD 37-7-6, Kyrie 26-8-4, Bill 30 plus again. Mm-hmm. But this time in the fourth quarter, we got eight and nine, two or two from three, four or four from the line. That's 22 points. That's the formula I like, Bill. Yep. You had a lot more help throughout throughout the course of the game. I give you that, but. There was times when y'all was down 16 early, but you was like, oh, you know, my might come back, and then you was ready for that time when you really needed to be ready. So shout out to him. Um, Westbrook, you said the numbers. My man was going crazy out there. It was just points in the game. You just taking over like, nah, God, we not going nowhere. We right here. We right here. But down the stretch, Bill, I, it was a long ass stretch down the stretch. Bill was. had the the pullback jump where he was shooting for the lead and he missed it. That mm-hmm. one was open. I saw that. Then Russ came back and he took a bad three with like thirty seven. He took like a step back three. I was like, Russ, why are you taking that shot? No, get that ball to Bill. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. But this is the thing though, because when the the game came down and he was explaining that, I wasn't surprised when Bill hit that three. I was shocked when uh, Slim Joe Harris threw the ball to the Wizards. 
Y'all got it. But then you got to think about it. The same mind that made Westbrook take that bad step back three is the same mind that won the game from the three point. Because you could say that's just as bad of a shot. Yeah. But the Joe just what because he just got that mentality where it's like, bruh, we got to still like, why not? What this book? I, I love it. Yeah. And this is what the Wizards can do when we're healthy. The bench squad. Man, what the bench stepped up. Mo Wagner came out the cut with 17. Bertans gave him 11. Bertans, I'm gonna get on you right now, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get on Davis Bertans right now, bro, because he gave us 11 points, but he, but he shot 3 from 12 from the field. And the reason why I'm getting on Bertans is because we paid him all his money during the offseason, right? Almost like 100 mil, some shit. Some, somewhere around there, you know. Well deserved, because the season he had last year, he was our, he was our three man, cashing the threes. This year, it's just not falling in, bro. The shots is not falling in. I swear he went from shooting 42%. Like somewhere around 30% now, like 30, 31, in the low 30s, you know. And I'm seeing these games, he's getting, he's looking for the same shot, but they just not falling in, you know. And I'm just like, Bertans, if this is the only game you got, that's not gonna cut out for us, bro. Because when it don't fall in, it puts us, it puts us in a bad bind. He's he's a little bit of a liability, yeah, especially defensively. We made good. I never thought about Batons like that. Bro. Yeah, like, man. But. Because I've never thought about him like a like a hundred million dollar man. Nah, we paid it's enough. Not, yeah, it's not to say y'all made a terrible sit, but I've never really thought about him like that. Like no post game. Like no. Nope. All he does is come off the screen, thirty feet from behind, catching threes. I said early during during last year that um, Bertans was second in the NBA last year from three pointers past thirty feet. Mm-hmm. Number one was Dame. Number two was Bertans. So that game got him his contract, you know. But this year, the same game is just not is just not hitting. We need I need to see him step up, man. Yeah, man. I need to take this momentum. Try to get get a few in a row, man. Get a get a nice little streak put together. But we bringing back an old topic to close out the show. I see you coming from where we come from. Y'all know what that means. You gotta know anything, bruh. I see you, bruh. So that's what we doing right now. Start us off, Val. I see you, man. I see you, Russell Westbrook. I see you, bro. You have been waiting all year for this shit, man. And you finally brushed the dirt off your shoulders, man. Kudos to you for that. 41 points, 16 from 28. That's over 50%. Four from seven from three-point range. Bro, Westbrook made four threes in the game. He made four threes in the game, bro. He could have went four for 20. I don't care, but he made four threes. He's been breaking them shits all year, plus the game winner. You know, still get to you see him tell Bruce Brown, you too small. He was you too small. <laughs> he was. Talk your shit, man. That's when you could talk your shit. He ain't pulling yeah, shit man. all year. But yeah, That's man. Ten rebounds, eight assists, two steals, one block, man. What's the Westbrook? That's a W. It's about damn time. He scored twenty six points the game before that. So it seemed like he's starting to come back. So come on, Westbrook, do this shit for us, yeah, man. Let's get it, man. I see I see somebody else on a good streak too. I see you, Zach Levine. Averaging 26 points a game, top 10 in the NBA in scoring. Fool, keep grinding. You're going to get your all-stars. You're going, I think y'all got a good shot at the eighth spot, too. I ain't ready to jump in that battle. We're going to get to that later. I see you, Chicago. I see you, Zach Levine. Hey, I see you, DJV, man. 
Who you closing out with? Man, we closing out with some Dave East, man. I got some enough for y'all. Dave East, enough.